Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Good morning. Well, it's great to have you in the house of the Lord today. We're going to be in Acts chapter 20, the book of Acts chapter 20. Uh, I brought these up just in case, just in case uh, my allergies are kicking and then Canada's secondhand smoke. I don't know if that's playing in, but, uh, and so hopefully I won't need them. Uh, but uh, Acts chapter number 20, we see Paul moving again, Paul uh, preaching again, Paul uh, loving people again. Uh, in fact, put down point number one, and we're going to dive in. Uh, number one, the moving messengers, the moving messengers. In uh, Acts chapter 20, verse number one, uh, note the places that he goes, uh, the people he was with, and the periods of times that he was there. Verse 1. And after the uproar ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them and departed. You're going to see so many action-type uh, verbs here. Departed. Uh, for to go into, here's the first place, Macedonia. And when he had gone over those parts uh, and had given them much exhortation, he, he came, he departed, gone over, he came uh, into Greece, second, uh, Macedonia, Greece, and uh, there abode there three months. And uh, when the Jews laid wait for him as he was about to sail, he departed, he went over, he came, he's uh, sailing into Syria, uh, he purposed to return through Macedonia. And so uh, place after place after place, uh, and then uh, the period of times, uh, and there accompanied him into Asia, and here's the people he's with, Sopater of Berea, uh, and of the Thessalonians, Sopater of those two places, Aristarchus and Secundus, and uh, Gaius of Derby, uh, and Timotheus, uh, and of Asia, uh, Tychicus, and uh, Trophimus. These going before tarried for us at, here's the town we're going to stop in, Troas, and it's interesting to me that, that we stop there in that uh, one town. It's almost like that motion picture of all of Paul's travels, that, that motion picture of all of those places, that, that motion picture of so many different meetings. He stops at this one to make sure that we see it, to make sure that we get it. He expands upon it, uh, and we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troas, in verse 5. And now, Troas, in uh, five days where we abode seven uh, days. And so, uh, I, I want to just kind of touch on briefly, uh, Paul traveled 5,580 miles by land. Uh, he sailed 6,770 miles by sea. This is his second missionary journey, it'll morph into, not, not a distinct break, his uh, third missionary journey. A, a total of uh, 12,350 miles with no plane, train, or automobile, okay? No planes or trains or uh, automobiles. He evangelized an area of 1,500 square miles in a time frame of 16 years. And can I give you something practical uh, Paul had a passion to do this. Paul wanted to do this. Paul had a desire to do this because Paul was called to do this. He was called to do this. Uh, on the flip side, I couldn't do it, okay? I hate living out of a suitcase. Anyone else like me? 
Uh, I, I hate uh, traveling and then layovers. I hate all of that. And uh, not being able to settle in, not having the routine, and uh, being out of schedule. I can't do it. I hate doing it. I don't want to do it because I'm not called to do it. By the way, uh, the counterpart of that is just because you have a desire to travel doesn't mean you're called. It doesn't mean you're called. It may just be that you have that roaming kind of a personality, and it may be that God wants you to be rooted, grounded, uh, and steadfast uh, where you're at. And so uh, the moving messengers, the moving messengers basically highlights, point number two, write it down, the memorable meeting. Uh, the memorable meeting, or uh, the model uh, meeting. Uh, and, and if you want to just in your mind think about it this way, uh, the template is Troas. Uh, so many other meetings that he had, so many other preaching services that he had, so many other places that, that he was ministering to, but God stops that motion picture, that, that rambling, all of those places. Uh, he, he stops it here at Troas so that we can lean in uh, and, and so that, that, that we can learn from this, this model, memorable uh, meeting here at, at Troas. And again, uh, verse 5, these going before tarried for us at, at Troas. And, and we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to, to Troas in five days where we abode uh, seven days. And so Troas, uh, it's not where he stayed the longest. I don't even think it's where he invested the most, uh, but for some reason, God halts that motion picture and gives us a still photo of a model meeting. And let's look at that just for, for a time. Notice under that, that model, memorable meeting, number one, the schedule, the schedule. And upon the first day of the week, uh, on the first day of the week, does anybody know what today is? It's the, the first day uh, of the week. When the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Uh, there were many lights in the upper cha chamber where they were gathered together. Boy, the schedule is uh, put God first, put God first. I, I, I do think uh, it's interesting that uh, the Old Testament was pointing to Christ. Uh, the New Testament all begins with Christ. Uh, it's not the Sabbath at Sunday. It's not the Sabbath at Sunday. Uh, it's on that first day of the week. Uh, I think one of the reasons is because it's a picture of the first fruits. Uh, the first fruits, that first day of the week. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first, the first, the first, the first fruits of, of all thy increase. Seek ye first. Uh, the kingdom of God. And so I think one of the reasons is that uh, it's a first fruit, but I, I think another reason is it commemorates the resurrection. Uh, the resurrection when Christ was risen uh, from the dead. John 20, uh, the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early uh, when it was yet dark under the sepulcher uh, and, and seeth the stone uh, taken away uh, from the sepulcher. And so uh, it's a uh, picture of the first fruits. It, it commemorates the resurrection. It's also a part of God's giving program, uh, that first fruit, that first day of uh, of the week. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Uh, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. That, that first fruit, that, that, that uh, it's a part of uh, God's giving program. Uh, because if we wait to see how much we have left over and just kind of give God the change, 
uh, and just kind of tip God with what we have left? Let, let me see what my budget looks like, and uh, let me see what bills I need to pay first, and then, and then uh, here's $5, and then here's $5. If we're just uh, tipping God rather than tithing to God, but a part of God's program is by faith at the beginning, giving God the tithe uh, and offerings uh, uh, first. And so uh, we see that with, with this model meeting, this template is, the template is Troas, uh, about the schedule. It was a, on the first day. Uh, number two, notice the supper. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread. Now, uh, probably this is the Lord's Supper. I, I do think that uh, they observe the Lord's Supper more than we do. I always look forward to observing the Lord's Supper here, uh, but it doesn't necessarily say it's the Lord's Supper. Uh, when we see how long Paul preached, uh, it may just be a regular supper, okay? So, uh, number one, we see the schedule first, first, and then uh, number two, the supper, the supper, uh, and then number three, the sermon. Look at this sermon, verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, first schedule, supper, uh, Lord's Supper, or just packing a lunch for this long haul, uh, Paul preached unto them, uh, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until, say that next word, until midnight, right? There is why I think they, they better pack a lunch, because this thing is going to go long. And so uh, it, it, it probably was the Lord's Supper, but, but may have been just a, a supper of fellowship. And uh, verse 9 says, Paul was long preaching. And, and I think all of God's people said, amen. He was long preaching. And uh, pastor, don't get any ideas. And so uh, uh, he, he continued that sermon until midnight. He was uh, long preaching. Look at verse number 11. When, when he uh, therefore was come again and had broken bread and had eaten, talking about Eutychus, Paul, uh, and talked a long while, uh, even until the break of day. Is anyone seeing this at all? Uh, I, I'm telling you what, God's people put a priority uh, on God's house, on uh, God's Word, on uh, the fellowshipping, the things of God. They, they put a priority. They had a passion about, uh, they had a desire for the preaching uh, of God's Word, the preaching uh, of God's Word. And so uh, we saw the schedule. It was first. We saw the supper, and then uh, now we're seeing the sermon. How, how about the setting, the setting? Look at the setting, uh, and there were many lights in the upper room where they were gathered together uh, in that upper room. Those oil lamps would have made a haze. Uh, understand the scene. Well, in your mind's eye, imagine the, the haze, the smoke, kind of like our outside. They had that on their uh, inside. Uh, it's getting close to midnight, and I'm sure the room was stuffy. It's an upper room. Uh, heat rises, heat rises, and so hazy. Uh, they're tired. Most worked all day long in the fields, and uh, most, most, uh, and now uh, they're, they're coming together. It's a long uh, sermon upper room. It's hot. Uh, it's hazy. Most had slaved away. It's warm. It's crowded. It's stuffy. And Paul uh, is long preaching, which brings us to point number whatever it is next, uh, the sleeping, the sleeping, the sleeping. Uh, now, he stops the motion picture of Paul's ministry, uh, to give us a snapshot uh, of this one meeting, Paul's had hundreds of meetings. Uh, he could have chose any one of these. 
uh, uh, Paul, they uh, saw many, many healed. Uh, he could have chose any one of those. But for some reason, the template here uh, is Troas. And uh, I think uh, one of the reasons is because uh, someone uh, literally fell out of the church. Uh, they, they fell out of the church. And then uh, we see what caused that. And then we also see how the church should respond to that. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Look at verse number 9. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up from, for dead, taken uh, up dead. Uh, and so uh, he's in that third loft, on that third floor, and he fell out and was killed, at least taken up for dead. Uh, it's a reminder of when they stoned Paul. They thought he was dead. He was taken for dead. They drug him out of the city, much like that. Uh, was he dead? Was he dead? We do know that, that he was taken uh, up uh, dead. Uh, I, 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 I like uh, one of the ways to remember who this guy is, Eutychus, uh, Eutychus uh, is because Eutychus, too, if you fell out of the third floor. And so uh, here he is, Eutychus, he, he fell out of the third floor. Uh, he literally fell out of uh, church. And so uh, God stops here, uh, not on any other meeting, not on any other town. He wanted us to have that, that template of Troas, uh, Troas uh, for us to learn how someone falls out of church and then uh, how the church should respond to that. And so let's start out by by looking a little bit uh, how people fall out of church, how people uh, fall out of church, or at least how the things we see with Eutychus, okay? Uh, um, if you want to write it down, there's no place. I don't think you have an outline for this, but uh, he was distanced in and in a dark corner of the church. He was distanced in uh, and in a dark corner of the church. Um. People distance from, let me, let me rephrase that. Before people distance from the church, they first distance in the church. Okay, let me, let me make sure you get this. Um, he was distanced in the church. Uh, I, I can't imagine Paul was preaching to that crowd with, with them to his back, and he was right at that window, and, Paul, and, and Eutychus was right there. Uh, no, uh, he was distanced in the church. Uh, before he ever distanced from the church. And we see that uh, today. People that, that will show up late and not really be a part of the fellowship. They don't join a small group. They're uh, not a part of a life group. They're uh, not engaged in worship. They usually miss the handiwork of God, that miracle there, the, the people that were saved there, the, the baptism there, the, the family that was changed there, the, the Word of God that was, was spoken there. Uh, they distance in the church before they distance uh, from the church uh, over the many staff members we've had over 27 years, um, a telltale sign of uh, is a staff member distancing from on their way out is uh, if they're not sitting in worship and sitting in uh, the service, they don't have a priority on hearing 
uh, the Word of God. They're not up front and center engaged in uh, amen to the preaching and hearing uh, the Word of God. And let me uh, uh, translate that to not just staff members, but also uh, church members. A telltale sign uh, that someone is going to slip from the church, drift out of uh, the church, uh, is, is if they're already distancing in uh, the church. Okay, is everyone following me on that? You say, uh, give me a Bible for that. Uh, uh, Colossians says that we're to be knit together as a family. We're to be knit together, not just kind of slipping in late and then slipping out and then uh, not wanting to be faithful and then not a part of a small group and then uh, if I actually make it in the auditorium, if I don't. No, the Bible, Colossians says that we're knit together as a family. Uh, in, in fact, Ephesians would take it even, in my opinion, a step further about the body, uh, about how every member, every joint supplies life. Uh, and spiritual energy to, to every other member and, uh, the, from which every joint uh, supplies. And so number one, uh, how did he fall from the church? Uh, he was distanced in and in a dark corner of uh, the church. The lights, yeah, there were many lights, but probably they were trying to illuminate here uh, up front where uh, the preaching was coming from, uh, dark corner, uh, distance from, uh, put down number two, or at least if you're thinking about it, uh, how did he fall from the church? Number two, he wasn't listening. Uh, he wasn't listening. Uh, if I'm fully focused and fully engaged and, uh, and wrapped up in uh, what's being said, I'm not going to slip off to sleep and slumber. Is anybody with me at all? Uh, in college, there's tricks you could do. They, uh, they called, because uh, I worked uh, third shift, full-time, an hour to work, an hour back, and then uh, had a full day of classes and usually slept like three, four hours is all. And then uh, on the weekends, I mean engaged in, in just full ministry, uh, the, the people, uh, college students would be doing the hungry chicken. You know what that is, the hungry chicken, where they would start just kind of bobbing and nobbing and then bobbing and then bobbing, uh, kind of a Baptist head bob going on as they're, as they're nodding off. And there's tricks you can do. You can uh, lift up one of your legs as you're trying to focus in, because uh, usually if that drops, you'll wake up. Uh, but I found one of the best things for me to do to not drift off uh, is to make sure that I'm focused in, that I'm listening to. Hey, pastor, give me a Bible on that. Hebrews says we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Okay, let me give you another verse. Uh, uh, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the church. Uh, and if you're not in church, you're not going to be able to hear what the Spirit saith to the church. If you're uh, outside of the church, if you're drifting from the church, hey, you have to be uh, in church to hear what the Spirit saith uh, to the church. And so uh, he was distant from, he was in a dark corner uh, of, and he wasn't listening. The wise man who built his house upon a rock uh, is he that heareth. He heareth. Uh, he heareth the word of God and doeth it. Uh, talking about the parable of the soil, uh, the parable of the soil, the, the sower and the seed. Uh, the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, heard the word, heard the word, uh, and keep it, bring forth fruit uh, with patience. And so we're looking at uh, how does someone fall from the church? He literally fell uh, out of the church. Would everyone agree with that? Literally fell uh, out of the church. He was uh, distancing in, in a dark corner of, and uh, he wasn't listening, uh, and, and he was sitting in a dangerous place. He was sitting in a dangerous place, uh, uh, not if he fell uh, in, uh, but he fell out. He's three stories up. 
I don't know if, uh, if I'm afraid of heights, but I would rather not be up there. So uh, uh, it's a dangerous place, and, and for us, uh, see, blessed is the man that walketh not uh, in the counsel of the ungodly. Dangerous place. When you're getting uh, advice from the wrong crowd, the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. I'm going to uh, be a part of sinners, these sinners, these sinners. I'll, I'll, that's who I uh, identify with. Uh, or sitteth in the seat of the critical, sitteth uh, in the seat of the fault finder, sitteth uh, in the seat uh, of the, the scornful. Hey, it's a dangerous place. And so, uh, how did Eutychus fall out of the church? Uh, he was uh, distance in, in a dark corner of. Uh, he wasn't listening, uh, and he was sitting in a dangerous place. Let me give you the fourth one. Is anyone taking notes on this at all? Uh, or just go back and listen to it, okay? Uh, the fourth one, uh, he was sitting on the very edge of the window, the very edge uh, of the window. Boundaries, boundaries. God gives us very distinct boundaries. Thou shalt and thou shalt not. Uh, thou shalt uh, and thou shalt not. Uh, a prudent man, though, foreseeth the evil and hideth himself from it. Takes a couple of steps back uh, from it, uh, because if you're teetering right on that edge, if you're teetering right on that edge, well, well, there's no explicit uh, uh, forbidding of what I'm doing. Right on that edge, right on that edge. And hey, I can push that envelope. I can be right on that edge. Hey, be careful because eventually you're going to fall over that edge. Now, this is a conviction. A personal preference is stepping back saying, okay, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to fall off or fall over the edge, that means I need to step back from uh, the edge. Is anybody with me this morning at all? Hey, God put this in here on purpose. It wasn't, hey, let's throw this in here. Hey, hundreds of other meetings that he never stopped and gave us a still photo. Uh, but this meeting, this model meeting, the template is Troas. Hey, how someone falls out of a church out of a church, and then how a church should respond to that. And so, uh, how do people fall out? They're, uh, they're distancing in, they're drifting in church before they distance from church. They're uh, in a dark corner, a dark corner of the church, uh, not up front and center, not engaged, not fully involved, not, not a part of a small group, just kind of a, a, a spectator, not a, not a, uh, a participant. Uh, but then also he wasn't listening, and then also he was sitting in a dangerous place, and then also uh, he was sitting on the very edge, the very edge, right up to that edge. There was a story about a stagecoach uh, company that was in the market for a new driver, and uh, they were having a driving test to see who, they, see who they should hire, and they were in this mountain pass that, that was weaving around, and the first guy, uh, I mean, he uh, floored it. I, I don't think with his foot, I think probably like that. But anyway, uh, he floored it and was right about 12 inches from the edge, just zipping around, zipping around, zipping around successfully. Uh, and, and the uh, president of the company said, well, that's, that's pretty good. He was pretty good at that. He's a talented driver. Uh, and then the second guy that came in, he floored it also. And again, not like this, probably like that. But, uh, and he got that stagecoach right to that edge, sheer drop off, uh, right to that edge, rocks just kind of tumbling off uh, as he uh, uh, just 
soared around the charters all the way down that, that, that mountainous type terrain. And, uh, and the president said, wow, that's, that's really, really good. And does anyone else want to apply for this job? And uh, the last guy, a little more quiet, a little more sheepish, boy, he, he, he didn't floor it. And again, not like this, like this. He, 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 he did drive it. Uh, but it wasn't nearly as fast as those other two, and it wasn't nearly as close to the edge uh, as those other two. He basically hugged the safe side of the road, hugged uh, where uh, there was a safe side of the road, and when he finally got down after those first two drivers were uh, basically laughing at him and mocking him and saying, what? That's silly. That's uh, joking about and uh, poking fun at him. Uh, The president of the company says, I want to hire him. Because I don't want to hire someone who's risking uh, uh, my valuables, uh, risking uh, the people that are in that stagecoach that are risking. Hey, I don't want to hire someone that's just pushing the envelope, living on the edge, and uh, risking all of that. Hey, I want to hire someone that understands the value of what God's given to us, being a good steward of our, ta- a good steward of the ministry, a good steward of our, uh, our period, a good steward of, uh, of, of that. Uh, and so not living just on the edge. Put down uh, lastly, um, and so uh, how did he fall out of the church? And he literally did. Um, uh, he uh, was distance in, in a dark corner of. He wasn't listening. He was sitting in a dangerous place. He was uh, on the very edge. And then, as an old country preacher said one time, he was leaning out more than he was leaning in. He was leaning out more than he was leaning in. Boy, the person that he gave ear to, uh, you give ear to, uh, they're already out. They're leaning out more than they're leaning in. Boy, when it comes to the things of God, I don't want to be leaning out. Uh, just kind of, yeah, I'm here, but just barely here. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm leaning in. And uh, that way, when I fall, I fall in the church. Uh, I don't fall out of the church. Is anyone following this at all? And so, Eutychus, this template of Troas, God showing us a, a model of ministry, how someone falls out of church, and then uh, how we should respond as a church, as a church. And so, uh, someone has fallen out of the church. He's uh, taken for dead. He might be dead. He uh, fell asleep, fell out, and there he is lying there. Um, 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 let's see, what's my Bible say? It says, brethren, uh, if any man be overtaken in a fault, uh, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. Ye which are spiritual, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also uh, be tempted. And and you say, well, pastor, where do you you see all of that? Look at verse number 10. Uh, He fell out, he's taken for dead, uh, he's down there, verse 10, and Paul went down, and Paul went down. Uh, If you're taking notes off to the side, Uh, Paul didn't spend time at the window looking down at him. Uh, Paul didn't spend time at the window looking down at him. He went to him. Okay, ye which are spiritual, ye which are spiritual, boy, you're going to try to go down and restore. Uh, The Pharisees, the critical, the fault finders uh, are going to stand at the window uh, looking down at, looking down at, looking down at. Uh, Isn't that what the Pharisees did with the woman taken in adultery? 
Boy, we found this woman taken in adultery. Uh, Moses and the law say uh, she should be stoned. But, but what, does, what do you say, Lord? And uh, where, where they were for, focused more on, on her sin, Jesus was basically focused more on their sin. The Pharisees, he that is without sin, he that is without sin, he that is without sin, cast the first stone. And I like the passage because he started writing something in the sand, and they started going out from the oldest to the youngest. And I think in that order because the oldest realized we're all in the same boat. No one of us is better than any other one of us. And as soon as you think you are, boy, it's that youth that thinks that, well, I'm better than they are, I'm better than they are, I'm better than they are, and, uh, and look at them, I'm not that, look at them, I'm not that. They got what they deserved. Uh, and, and, and when he was writing in the sand, I kind of wonder if he wrote a sin and then pointed to the oldest. <laughs> uh, and then he went out. Uh, he that is without sin, you guys, and then he wrote another sin and pointed to the next oldest, and then he went out, and uh, he, he was focused more. The Pharisee, hey, Christ was harder on the Pharisees than he was on the woman taken in adultery, than he was on uh, any other group in the Bible. And so a few things that we should not do, uh, he didn't look down on him. Look at verse 10, and Paul went down, and Paul uh, went down. It, it reminds me of uh, the parable of uh, the Good Samaritan. The Bible says, a certain man went down, went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell and fell. Uh, just like Eutychus fell out of the church, uh, this certain man fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. There it is again, that tie. Uh, not only did he, did he fall, uh, he was taken up uh, uh, half uh, uh, dead. Uh, and, and so what were the responses? Well, the religious, boy, the, the pious, the proud, the, the pharisaical, uh, uh, um, in Luke chapter 10, 33, a, cert, a certain Samaritan that went down, uh, the, the Pharisee, the Pharisee uh, basically looked down on him. They looked down on him. The, the certain priest passed by uh, uh, on the other side, didn't get involved with him. And, uh, and, and Paul here, uh, he didn't pass by on the other side. Paul here, uh, he wasn't looking down on him. Hey, Paul went down to him. Uh, and so uh, keep in mind a few things that we should not do as a church when someone falls out of the church is uh, what Paul uh, didn't do. He didn't look down uh, on him. He didn't look down uh, on him. Uh, and, and, and number two, uh, he didn't talk about him. He, he didn't talk about him. Isn't that kind of what we do? And uh, Pete, did you see uh, Brother Stone? Hey, come up to this, third, this window right here. And, uh, and, and we share prayer requests that share a whole lot of information. Well, you see how he fell, and you know his, his dad did too, just like that. And uh, I told him he shouldn't have. And can you believe that? Can you believe that by talking about him? Uh, not Paul. Uh, he he went down to him and fell on him. Uh, Paul didn't talk about him to other people. Paul talked to the Lord about him, praying. Uh, he went. Look at it in verse number ten. And Paul went down and fell on him. Is anybody with me? Uh, he went down and fell on uh, him. Uh, the critic up on the third floor, uh, my, my new question is, have you ever talked to them? Uh, have you ever met them? Uh, have you ever run to the side of them, loved on them? 
uh, tried to restore them. Oh, oh, I forgot. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. Uh, the unspiritual, boy, we can stand up in that window all day long talking about, talking about, talking about, talking about. Uh, but I don't want to talk about him. Paul didn't talk about him. Paul went to him, fell on him, and, and talked about him to the Lord. Boy, to the Lord. Boy, that bowing, that bowing. And so uh, a few things that Paul didn't do, uh, he didn't look down on him. Is anybody with me on this? Uh, a few things that Paul didn't do, uh, he didn't look down on him. He, uh, he didn't talk uh, about him. He didn't talk uh, about him. And, and James, if any man seemed to be religious, that pious, that proud, that Pharisee, if any man seemed to be religious and bridleth not his own tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. You know, the shocking thing to me about Rosedale Baptist Church um, is not people that have left over the last 27 years. Every church has people that leave if you're around for 27 years, okay? Uh, every church has people that leave over 27 years if you're running more than 60 in attendance, okay? Is everybody with me on that? And, and so uh, the amazing thing to me is not about the number of people that have left, but the number of people that have left and come back. I'm glad I pastor long enough to see those that have left that have come back. Hey, we would have a sizable church just with those uh, that have left and that have come back. And usually a couple of things they'll say. They'll uh, say, you know, I, I was looking and I was looking, and, and they'll usually use the phrase, those churches, they were starving to death and they didn't even realize it. They were starving to death and they didn't even realize it. Oh, their program is exciting, and oh, yeah, topical, and uh, yeah, we spend a, a fraction uh, talking about a topic, but they're starving to death, and they didn't even realize that. The second thing they say uh, is, the way you loved me on the way out left the door open for me to come back. The way you loved me on the way out left the door open for me to come back. And keep in mind, I think two of the greatest uh, hindrances for uh, people to come back, uh, for the Pharisee um, that, that when they leave, they're, they're jawing and critical and gossiping, and uh, they want to justify why they leave, and they want everyone else to know uh, why they leave, and that, that Pharisee uh, slams the door so loud on their way out that their pride won't let them come back. Did, did anybody get that? Why they slam the door so loudly on the way out that their pride won't let them come back. Uh, the fallen, the fallen, I think the greatest hindrance for the fallen uh, is when a church uh, does what uh, is uh, a tendency is to talk about, talk about, talk about, talk about, talk about, talk about, talk about. Uh, and, and then it becomes such a talked about thing that when that fallen has been restored and they, that spiritual runs to him, uh, lifts him up, restores him, boy, it doesn't feel like he can come back uh, because of all the gossip that's been going on inside of the... Is anybody following that? Boy, I think that's one of the two great hindrances for the Pharisee for the Pharisee and for the fallen. By the way, they both have sin, the Pharisee and the fallen. And is anyone with me on that? 
Uh, the Pharisee just hides it better than the fallen. Uh, like whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful without, but within are full of dead men's bones and uncleanness. Did you hear that? I quoted Jesus Christ there, okay? So, uh, the Pharisee, hey, they have as much sin as the fallen. Uh, it's just that they're better at, at hiding it. Uh, um, uh, and so, they both have sin, and they're both fallen. It's just that the Pharisee has fallen, and he doesn't even realize it. The Pharisee has fallen, and he doesn't uh, even uh, realize it. And so, um, uh, uh, how should we respond? How should we respond? We saw a couple ways not to respond. And of course, uh, the moving messengers, the moving messengers, and then uh, God gives us a still photo uh, that, that Temple of Troas, the model of ministry here at Troas, uh, on, on why people fall out of church, and then what should our response be to restore them uh, in church? Well, num- number one, he didn't talk uh, about them. Number two, he uh, didn't look down uh, on him. Uh, number three, he ran to him. Look at verse number 10. And, and Paul went down. He went down. He didn't look down. He went down. Uh, he ran to him. He, looked, he didn't look down. He, uh, uh, he went down and fell on him. He wasn't talking about him to someone else. He was talking about him to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, as he was uh, praying for him, praying for him. And so uh, Paul uh, ran to him and embracing him. He ran to him. He loved on him. Uh, he ran to him. Uh, he loved on him. He uh, prayed for him. He's, he's blessing him. Uh, look at verse number Ten again. And Paul went down, ran to him, uh, and, and fell on him, prayed for him, uh, and embracing him, loved him, loved him, uh, spent time loving him, and, and said, trouble not yourselves. He said this to the church. Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread. Are you following me along in your Bible? In your Bible, it's verse number 11. Uh, And so all of this is from that. Uh, And when he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten, he, is that Eutychus? Is that Eutychus? Is that Paul? Uh, I think it could uh, infer that that both of them, uh, when they uh, therefore were come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even uh, until the break of day, verse 12, uh, and they brought the young man alive and were not a little... Uh, comforted. And so Paul ran to him. He went down. Uh, Paul, Paul, he prayed for him. He fell on him. Uh, he loved him, loved him, embracing him. He loved him. Uh, but then I think the miracle of, uh, of this passage uh, isn't that Paul did that, but that the entire church received him, received him. The entire church received him, uh, realizing that we're a hospital, We're not a museum trying to showcase the perfect. We're not a a museum trying to showcase with with lighting that's projecting on and look at me, look at me, look at me. We're not a, a museum to showcase them. Hey, we're a hospital to help heal them, to bless them. A hospital that's full of sick people. Uh, Okay, let's see. Let's say it again. Uh, We're an imperfect church. You've heard this before. Uh, With an imperfect pastor, and all God's people said, 
well, you said that way too. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I felt that when you said that. I felt that. And so uh, we're an imperfect church with an imperfect pastor and an imperfect people. And then I say, amen. And so, uh, hey, we're all in the same boat. Imperfect church, imperfect pastor, imperfect people, but we're serving a perfect Savior who's perfecting us every step of the way. Can I say this before we close? Uh, And of course, we talked about the Pharisee who slams the door so loud and their pride won't let them back. Uh, And then the fallen, that a lot of times, the, the murmuring and backbiting and gossiping, I think that's probably why Titus says, speak evil of no man. Uh, it, it's probably why uh, over and over God, God admonishes us about this, about uh, making sure that our conversation, there's no corruption in it, but there's grace. There's grace and uplifting in it, uh, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And so uh, the Pharisees slamming the door so loud, their pride won't let them back. But then the fallen, the fallen, uh, because the murmuring, the murmuring, the murmuring in here, the murmuring, murmuring, murmuring in here. Uh, um, is so much when they do get their feet under them, they feel like they can't come back. Can I say this? And this is just on the side. Uh, there are some people that we truly don't want back. Okay, don't miss this. There are some people that we don't want back, and that would be the Pharisee that, that thinks it's all about them, that thinks they are the sum total of, uh, of all knowledge, that, 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 like the ones that cried out and stopped their ears. We don't want to have a reasonable conversation, and I'm right, you're wrong, I know what's best, you don't, and, and, and just constantly stirring up, stirring up, stirring up. After the first and second admonition, reject reject. And so there are some people that we don't want back, but let our behavior always be as Paul, who ran to him, fell on him, uh, wept with him, embracing him, restoring him, uplifting him, uh, and then as a church receiving him. Someone said the Christian army is the only army that kills its wounded. The Christian army is the only army that kills its wounded. And I think the way I want to frame it for me, for us, is, boy, I want to extend grace, grace, love. I want to extend grace when someone trips and stumbles. I want to extend grace because there's going to be a time where I trip and stumble, and I want that same grace extended back to me. By the way, that's what you call a family. That's what you call brothers and sisters in Christ. Boy, what a great family when that spirit is prevalent. By the way, and we close, if you want to be a part of that kind of family, uh, you need to know how to be saved. Maybe you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. We're going to have a prayer team up front that will answer every question that you have. We'll spend as much time as you need to show you out of the Bible what we must do to be saved, to be a part of God's family. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.